Welcome to the Tech Enthusiast Hour podcast, where several hosts talk about the week's technology news. The show notes for this episode are at tehpodcast.com slash teh23. We've got three hosts this week. I'm Randy Cassingham, founder of thisistrue.com, the oldest entertainment newsletter on the internet, weekly since 1994, and the online offline viral getoutofhellfree.com. I'm Gary Rosenzweig, the host and producer of MacMost.com, where I post new Mac, iPhone, and iPad tutorials pretty much every day. And I also make mobile games that you can find at clevermedia.com. I'm Kevin Savitz. I am host of FreePrintable.net, which offers 45,816 free printable documents and templates. I've been doing that since, let's see, 2006. Newcomer. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Can't compete with your. <laughs> I got to put on, my, online since the dawn of time. I just can't. Yeah, can't I got to put my that. years in. Next next week, I'll I'll start putting my years in. There you go. <laughs> Started in 1982. No. So, what have you guys been up to this week? I've been reading the new book about the New Horizons mission to Pluto, and it's freaking awesome. It's easy to read. It's got a great level of detail on the crazy things they had to go through to get approved to fly and uh you know i was also on the the pre-project for the pluto probe back when i still worked at jpl so it was interesting reading about how they won the mission um beating out jpl for it which you know i heartily approve of i think it's, it's a great thing to have competition in these things it keeps costs down and kind of spreads the wealth Cool. I'll add that to my reading list. Yeah, I um, just did a review on it on my blog. I'll uh, link to that into the book. It's called Chasing New Horizons Inside the Epic First Mission to Pluto. And uh, it was written by the principal investigator, Alan Stern, who is a, a sort of buddy of mine, kind of a distant buddy, and uh, an astrobiologist and a professional writer by the name of David Witherspoon. Nice. Yeah. So, Kevin, what have you been doing? Uh, I've uh, been doing a bunch of interviews for uh, my other podcast, uh, Antic, the Atari 8-Bit Podcast. I uh, did a couple of super inter- interesting ones this week uh, that I got I got pushed out. Um, one was uh, with uh, Cindy Moya, who is collections manager at the Living Computers Museum and Labs. And Living Computer Museum is uh, Paul Allen's baby in Seattle, Washington. It's a world-class computer museum. And uh, so I got to talk with uh, Cindy who manages the collections and, and she talks to me about, talk to me about what that, what that means uh, and uh, how she basically keeps things organized and, and was a lot of talk about databases and shelving <laughs> um, about uh, uh, just making uh, this, this, this uh, museum run. So that was pretty awesome. And I also got to uh, publish an interview with uh, Jack Smith, who was a founder of The Learning Company, which was one of the earliest uh, educational software publishers. Uh, yeah. They were best known for Reader Rabbit and Rocky's Boots and a bunch of other uh, uh, seminal educational software back in the 80s. So I got to talk to him uh, about about that. And basically he told me, uh, he, he, uh, kind of the teaser quote for the whole episode is that he took his five-year-old daughter to, to see him. Uh, he took his five-year-old daughter with him to, to see the, the, the company, uh, to see how she liked the software. And, uh, 
she loved it so much. He, he went in and bought the company, became an investor. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I've been busy with, uh, with interviews for Antic and that's been a lot of fun. And interesting people too. Mm-hmm. Yep. And as soon as I said Witherspoon, I thought, you know, that doesn't sound right. The uh, second author is David Grinspoon, not Witherspoon. Yeah, and I see on Audible, too, uh, that the two authors read the book as well. Yeah, which is, I think, a lot better to, if you're going to listen to a book, that the authors probably really know what they're talking about better than some average reader. And they know how to pronounce all the names, which is always helpful. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So I don't have much going on this week, so let's just dive right into news. What do we got? What happened this week? Well, I spotted this thing on Gizmodo that um, Facebook is, you know, helping to connect people like long lost relatives and people who have the same interests. That's so nice. That you do. Yeah, it's great. And, you know, other radicals in ISIS so you can connect online. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) So, yeah, apparently their, um, their algorithms are really working well, including connecting up radicals that want to you know kill the great satan or whatever and uh gosh that's that's really uh really nice so it's so that like it's like where it says uh other people you may know it's just gonna <laughs> list like other, other people that also want to uh wreak havoc and kill and, civilians and bomb the world trade center yeah yeah, yeah. yeah sure apparently that's true. So that's according to a an article in the Telegraph that uh, Gizmodo talked about. And uh, in one example uncovered by the researchers, an Indonesian ISIL supporter sent a friend request to a non-Muslim user in New York in March 2017. During the initial exchange, the American user explained he was not religious but had an interest in Islam. And so they were, you know, sending these increasingly radical messages back and forth and telling each other about uh, different kind of propaganda sites that they could, you know, read up and get more radicalized. So, you know, just real great Facebook. Connecting people, bringing people together. It's great. So they can kill each other. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's so sweet. So nice. Well, and I wonder how this is going to apply to, you know, that new uh, dating service that they've got. Um, (laughs) That should be interesting. (laughs) Radicals only. <laughs> right, radicals. Yeah, yeah, she has a uh, a suicide vest. Do I swipe swipe left or right? Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So yeah, good Facebook. No, good but uh, well, yeah, it is. Uh, but I'm sure it's the same on any other social network too. It's part of the uh, part of the issue. I just wonder if, like, if you are connected with a bunch of other like terrorists, if they would annoy each other just as much as like. You know, we annoy like members of our family with the things that we say. Right. Well, like, I hope so. <laughs> it's like like I'm annoyed on Facebook by people who who vague book. You know, they'll they'll just they'll post something like uh like uh I can't believe it's happening again or you know, whatever. Just like oh, something and just yeah, like what is I've it? Seen those. Yeah, it just like I just hate that. And I mean if it was if it was among among ISIS radicals, it'd be like like, you know, it. I can't wait to blow it up this time or whatever. You know, <laughs> like what? How, yeah, how old is the you, post? What are you blowing up? Who are you going to yeah. kill? Tell me. Yeah, the vague booking is tough because then you have to look at the timestamp. And yeah. then sometimes Facebook will show you like something from a day ago, just before and after something from, you know, an hour ago. 
And then you're like, okay, what was happening exactly a day ago now that this person would have been pissed off about? Oh, all it means is they lost their job again. Yeah. Or their boyfriend or whatever. Can't find their, their explosive vest. And you're supposed to coax it out of, oh, what happened? Let me give you sympathy and a pat on the head. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> get in trouble. This is our last episode. We're going to be <laughs> I don't know what the FCC is for podcasts, but they're going to find us and take us off the air. Yeah, but you know that probably most of our listeners are just as fed up by that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I had a, I have a friend. I mean, he's a good buddy, and he doesn't listen to this as far as I know, so I can talk about him. But uh, <laughs> he, he vague booked this week, and he was just like, like, you know, think sometimes things are terrible, and like, you know, some you you what it was it was something that God gives and God's take God takes away or something like that, and you're just like, oh my god. Well, his wife is pregnant. You know, like you don't. Was that a give or a takeaway? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was just, you know, and I, when I, I message him and and tried to, you know, who was and who was busy with the work or whatever, and he had to get back to me. And I was just like, you don't post stuff like that when you're pregnant. You don't do yeah. it. You're sad about something else. So it has nothing to do with the baby. You know, the baby's fine. But <clears throat> we were. But it made you had, made you worried. Yeah, we we spent the whole mor- morning just you know worried about our friend and and anyway. So don't fake book. Don't do it. No, and also the other thing I hate is uh, when I see people that are posting a message that's really meant for one person that's following them. And, right. you know, it's like they, they post it to everybody. That's right? what private message is for. Just do a private message if and this is really yeah. about you and one other or two other people. Yeah, and that's a huge gamble too because you post something on, on your, was it so-called posting on your wall, right? You, I mean, you post hmm. something on Facebook, the odds that X a certain friend of yours is going to see it. It's actually pretty low. You know right, I mean? Because they don't show everything to everybody. No, they don't show everything to everybody. And, and yeah, I mean, I, my, I have a, a, a person who is a teenage person and, you know, they, she posts things all the time uh, or just like, you know, you know, post how, you know, everyone who, follows me post how we met no you know or, or some you know stupid little oh, meme i hate thing. those too I, yeah. I hate those too but but she's expecting everyone to pay attention to her and 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 maybe even her, amongst her closest friends they're probably not all seeing it and and then she's probably walking away going like oh nobody cares about me you know whatever and this is it's not you i mean it might be her but um it's you know facebook's crazy algorithm decides who sees what and uh you know it's might as well just be a random roll of the dice yeah, yeah. and she sees those but uh, when her friends post those does she answer them i mean she probably right. blows them off yeah stuff like that's really popular on like snapchat i know like posting those open-ended things how do we meet or you know the you know t- to be honest or um you know just all these bizarre they come up with all these ideas of just ways to solicit responses and then they kind of measure their self-worth a little bit on how many responses they get and uh it's a little sad yeah but uh i should do i I should look because there's certain people that i think do facebook well and i think one of the main things is be interesting i have several friends that have you know, out of all the hundreds of people I follow, most of them I've unfollowed in some fashion or another, just because not because I don't like them, but just because they just don't post very often or don't post things that interest me. But the ones that post interesting things then write well, a lot of times 
they're my favorites, even if I'm not close to the person. It's like, oh, this person always mm-hmm. posts something really interesting and thoughtful. And, and you look forward to those posts. And it looks for, when I see it, and usually they're like long. There's like several paragraphs. And it's like, oh, but this guy, when he writes about something and something that happened that was really interesting and he writes it really well and it's worth reading and posts a few of those a week. And it's like, yeah, I'll stop and read every single one of those. They're worth my time. And the key there is a few a week, not a few a day. Right. Yeah. Unless you're really good. I mean, if you're, you know, an amazing <laughs> writer or something like that, I guess people do follow people like that. But, um, but uh, you know, most for the most part, just the right amount of stuff and just keep it interesting and keep it high quality if that's what you, if that's what you want to do. Otherwise, just do like I do and just use it to keep in touch with people. I just recently saw a meme that I got a chuckle out of it. it said basically the way to improve Facebook is limit post to one a day. Yeah. Make people really yeah. think about it. Yeah. How am I going to use that post? I like that idea. I like uh, the other thing I like is people that post and this is how I use Facebook is I mostly post when I'm traveling because that's mm. when I'm doing interesting stuff. If I'm sitting at home all week working, nobody really needs to know about that. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm if sitting I in my a, chair I still. A, I found a bug in my cribbage program. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if I'm traveling and I'm taking pictures all the time, I'm doing interesting things, I'm learning stuff, that's when I post. And then that's also when people, you know, mostly relatives and friends and things want to see what I'm up to because they know that I'm somewhere and they, they're interested. So, yeah. Yep. Also creates a nice journal, like a record of what you, you know, you can look back and say, what was that restaurant that we ate at that had that interesting appetizer? And I wrote about it and then it gets, oh, there it is it's on Facebook. Here's the date and time and the GPS location and everything. There's no way to find out that until a, a, a one year has passed exactly or a multiple. <laughs> <laughs> it tells you this day. You could search. You could search for stuff. I really don't enjoy Facebook anymore. I, I might post once yeah. a month or twice a month. I, I I have I go to Twitter. I, I like how things are organized there. I like that um it just bugs me when I go on Facebook and it, it seems to show me the same it's I guess it's too slow. I mean if I had to like put it in a couple of words, it's too slow for me. It shows me the same thing all the mm-hmm. time. And if it, even if I go back four days later, the same topic might be the first thing it shows me because someone posted a single comment about it or something. And I'm just like, I, I don't want to see this again. I didn't really care about it the first time. You know, Twitter is more of a real time thing. And I don't know, it, it, it uh, hits that part of my, my, uh, my brain of, of new exciting things are happening. Well, yeah. I do use that uh, plugin for Facebook to force it to, um, to put it into date order instead mm-hmm. of, they're ridiculous, you know, top stories. Right. Yeah. What right. they think is interesting to me, which is not what I think is interesting. Yeah. 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 Cool. FB Purity is the uh, name of that plugin. So you can do some various things. And uh, I think you can even filter ads with it. I don't do that. I, I think it's, you know, not part of the social contract to filter out the ads, but. Um, yeah. But there you go. Cool. Well, you, you know, can I, force it to put it into date order. We're, we're almost a third in the podcast, and I feel we're missing something. Like feel something that we usually do that we haven't done yet. Mm, can't think of that. What could it be? 
<laughs> could it be? <laughs> could it be breach of the week? <laughs> oh. This is we had. There were lots. I noticed lots of stuff when I was looking through stories, but uh, but Randy, you've got one that. Uh, well, actually, I don't. I just um, posted this as a possibility. I didn't actually read the article. So <laughs> how peak internet of you. But I will I will uh, make it tell up. you what the headline gonna, says. I didn't from... read the article, but I'm going to comment on it anyway. <laughs> so so internet. Good job. Well you have to talk about it now. I did the I did the TV. I, well, I heard you, I I did there was a Drupal brief. Oh then you do it. Well let's see. Different breach of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if I can. The funny thing is, we have a choice here. Yeah. It, well, oh, of course. Now it's not coming up, but um, yeah, it's, it was a server hack, and it turned. Uh, let's see, it turned in a bunch of Drupal sites into Bitcoin miners or or cryptocurrency miners. I don't know if it was Bitcoin, um, and. Uh, some of them were big sites. So I don't have the the article on it. Well, I'll just say Google really quickly with users to be on standby. Oh, here's an ad. I get to I can I can continue reading in three seconds, two, <laughs> one. I'll I'll just really quickly say what the one I found was about. Uh, it's from bleepingcomputer.com. And apparently there's a new vulnerability in Dason Gpon routers and over a million routers are now under attack by botnets trying to break into the, that vulnerability. Um, so a million routers are uh, compromised and we'll just link to the, uh, the article so that people that have one of those can see what it's about. Update your router firmware. Thank you very much. Yes, keep it up to date. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Definitely, and server software, which was that, I you know that Drupal attack. Um, yeah, breaches come in all sorts of f- shapes and flavors. <laughs> Not they always. Do. Yeah, server stuff and and all that. I have to explain uh, several times a month to people about you know uh, when they see those ads popping up saying their computer is infected with a virus or whatever that um, that they haven't been. There's no exploit for them on their computer, it, but there is an exploit, and it's usually on the server um, that they're of the website that they're going to. So that's where those ads come from. Yeah. Most oh, of the my time. my mom visited me this week. My mom does not listen to this podcast, so I can talk about her. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mom. Um, and she said something's wrong with the computer. Can I look at it? Whatever. The first thing I do is I go to her her Chrome and open a new window and it's op- trying to open a homepage at some random crazy name server in like Czechoslovakia or something. And I'm just like, Oh, this is not good. Your homepage like should be Google <laughs> or you know, whatever. <laughs> or um, What's going on here? And, and I had to dig around and I found in her plugins, she had like four or five just not good plugins that had somehow found her way into the system. And it, um, you know, I had to remove them all one by one and change her homepage back. And she, it didn't look like she had been like completely taken over by anything, but it was just a bunch of toolbars that try to steal your search, you know, change your search engine and maybe probably, you know, make affiliate links to Amazon so that they get the money instead of whoever else. And 
you know, just standard scammy stuff that I'm fighting against all the time on ads that do that sort of thing on, on my websites. Um, yeah, all shapes and sizes is my point, which gets to another topic, which it was um, skipping down a couple bit just to mention this real, real quick. Uh, a, a serious security vulnerability has been found in 7-Zip, which is this compression program, which has been around for more than 20 years. In my experience, the only people using 7-Zip are, and I don't know why this is, uh, are people who are doing are up to no good. I mean, or <laughs> putting together. I, I think I used to use it, you know, like 10, 15 years ago. Sure. At, the, at one time it was maybe a, a tool that people, regular people used, but now it seems like, Oh, you know, I've, I've got a, a folder full of, of, of videos of, you know, big brother Canada from 2003. I'm going to, I'm going to upload them to BitTorrent, and but first I'm going to use 7-Zip. I don't know what it is with this program <laughs> that attracts this sort of use, but it's it's you know it's not like it's something that's used in corporate. <laughs> you know, anyway, it's this it's a free open source uh, file archiving software, and uh, they found that it's had this long running uh, uh, problem with it, where you could basically take ownership of the PC and run run arbitrary code and and. Uh, it's not good. So anyway, if, you, if you're one of the miscreants who are using 7-Zip for your nefarious purposes, you should probably update that. Yeah, I did find the article. We'll post it about the, the Drupal attack. It was at ZDNet. And um, so, yeah, usually you go to a website, and the website's been compromised. And the compromise of the website is to display an ad to you. And then, you know, they're not going to waste this on a normal ad for normal stuff. They're going to use it for, like, the bad ads that it say, like, call this number because your computer has a virus. Um, that The type of ad that a normal ad network would never accept. Of course, they do end up accepting them sometimes. But that's how they, that's how they get most of these out there is they, they, you know, hack into a site or they use malware to get into a site, put these bad ads. But in this case, this one instead of putting bad ads up there actually runs the little code so when you load the page there's some javascript running i believe it's javascript that then is doing um, cryptocurrency mining so it's using your computer to your computer so it's yeah. it's not harming your computer except using processor power there are sites that actually do this legitimately they'll say yeah. you know you come come to our site you're while you're viewing our page um we're going to use a little bit of your processor power and mine cryptocurrency and that's instead of ads and people say okay you know that's fine i think that's you reasonable you get an alert and you know that says this is what we're doing and you're like oh okay better than ads well this malware then goes and affects sites and then the sites then put this stuff up there that so all the users coming to the sites are then uh mining for cryptocurrency the users don't know they're doing it the sites don't know they're doing it um, and it's just the bad actor who is actually getting the benefit. Um, but yeah, and a lot of times these sites, they have no idea that they're hacked because they don't notice anything on their end. Um, if you, you know, for, for those of you that listening that don't have, you know, your own website, that's the WordPress or Drupal or whatever, you pretty much 100% of the time you look at it, you're logged in as the admin. And then, Hundred percent of the time, other people are lo- are using it. They're not logged in as admin, and it's very easy to then say, "Hey, when the admin's logged in, just everybody act normal. <laughs> be and, cool, be cool, yeah, guys. Yeah, be cool. Don't show the bad ads. Don't do all that. And then when anybody else is logged in, then show the bad ads or mine for cryptocurrency or whatever. 
So, yeah, but uh, so lots of breaches every week. Yeah, we don't seem to have a shortage of those. No, I don't think we ever will. Uh, the only way this is not going to be a weekly feature is if we decide to stop talking about it because it's not, it's not going to go away. Yeah, I think so. it's our job to pick the interesting ones or, I don't know, ones that are either educational or, or interesting. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Well, speaking of kind of taking advantage of the user, you know that uh, Verizon recently bought Yahoo. And, well, yeah, (laughs) who uses Yahoo, right? Except that Verizon just signed a deal to load up their uh, Samsung Samsung Galaxy S9 and S9 Plus devices with a bunch of new bloatware. So I'm sure Kevin is as excited as I am that you can now have, if you buy this phone, Mm -hmm. Yahoo Sports. Yahoo Finance, and as Gizmodo put it, also Go90, a mobile video service that you are almost certainly not using, (laughs) and the Oath Newsroom, a news curation app. So all this stuff, and one of the things that uh, really caught my eye is the CEO of Oath said, quote, this gets ads one step closer to being direct to consumer. You can't be more direct than being on the mobile phone, home screen, and app environment. He says that like it's a good thing. Gosh, I would throw my phone into the lake if it was just You know, I, I'm a Samsung phone guy, but this makes me not want to buy a Samsung phone. I would avoid Samsung phone if that was on there. Can you delete these apps once you... It's unclear. Some in yeah. in Android, um, some apps you can disable. You can't delete them, but you can stop them completely from working. But they still take up space. Yeah. yeah. And then other apps, including a lot of bloatware. Thank you, Verizon, because I'm on Verizon also. Um, you can't disable even if you have no interest. So, like, there's an NFL app that comes on pretty much every Verizon smartphone. And they do allow you to disable that. Thank goodness, because, you know, I have no interest in following the NFL. But, um, you know, some other apps you can't disable. Well, it's interesting, too, because these are Android phones. Right. And Google, the idea is Google makes the Android operating system and lets phone manufacturers use it so that then hopefully... And modify it. And modify it so that the idea is that you know, in the end, people are going to content that has Google advertising on it. But then if Samsung, or not Samsung, but, you know, uh, Verizon is saying, oh, but here we're going to put a bunch of content on it that bypasses that. Um, it's kind of going, you know, against against that, making it less interesting for Google to to provide Android to, to, to Verizon. I have, can I, can I pivot a little bit? Absolutely. I, I uh, talked a couple of weeks ago that we've been using uh, YouTube TV, right? Mm-hmm. And I've, so I've been, I'm using it regularly now, watch, you know, Saturday Night Live yesterday. And I found that it has a kind of ad where, so you rec- it records, we'll say Saturday Night Live and you go to watch it on Sunday morning and it has it, replace, it seems to be replacing, on some shows, it replaces the actual ads that aired with its own unskippable ads. 
So before you watch the show, there's like a pre-roll of like a 30-second ad. And, and this then, is a service you're paying for? This is a service I'm paying for, yeah. So there's a, pre, there's a pre-roll, yeah, yeah, uh, of a 30-second ad. And then, you know, Saturday Night Live, it's Saturday Night Live, right? And you watch the show, and then, and then the, the first ad segment comes on uh, after the monologue. And instead of being the, the regular ad, uh, it seems to be, it, it, it says in the corner, like, ad one of five. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, and you can't skip it. So you're forced to sit, you know, I mute it. I, I just do not watch ads. So, you know, I mute it and you kind of do something else for a minute, play with your phone or whatever. And, um, and then after the, and it, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to be the same ads that I'm just guessing, but I don't think there, cause there's no, no, no I don't think it is. I think you're right. And then, and then it, uh, and, it, and then it goes back to the show and it's, I think like if on a, so I, I think that there there's probably less minutes of ads total. Like if you were watching the show, there's probably a, whatever, a four minute ad break. And if you're watching with these unskippable ads, it's probably only two minutes, but they're unskippable. So it's, it ends up being longer and it's just kind of frustrating. And um, another thing that I find frustrating is, is if that's not bad enough, it, it was showing like it seemed yesterday like it ran out of ads and it kept showing me like uh, the more you know like you know uh, <laughs> public, public service spots and it would show yeah. me the same one like literally three times in a row and you still can't skip them even though it's just it's literally just wasting your time to sh- not even they're not making any money off this at this point they're just just wasting my time for fun you know showing me the same well, they're giving you the finger yeah yeah it's, yeah oh it was frustrating um it doesn't happen with every show it seems like like if you watch big bang theory like super popular stuff it seems to happen um but i don't know no, and, it's, and, and i would i would if they asked me i would easily pay another five or ten dollars a month sure to not have to deal with that but it doesn't seem to be an option that we're offering right now this happens a lot with a lot of the network apps that you can get on Apple TV or, or I assume Roku as well. Um, you know, you get the, this network's app and you can watch their shows and the ads are unskippable and it's the same. I think it's even the same software because it looks the same, you know, add one out of five and mm-hmm. got the same little interface. It also happens on the direct TV DVR boxes. Um, sometimes you'll say, Oh, you know, I missed this episode of the show. Is it on again? Yes, it could tape it for me. And then it will do this thing where it downloads it instead instead of taping the next showing. Mm-hmm. And you get these unskippable ads. And sometimes it does it when it could have taped it for you, but it decides it's more valuable to actually download it and give you the unskippable ads. They're just they're so annoying. And they're very repetitive because they don't sell them all out, just like you know you, you observed. Um, and they really, I, mean, I think there's been a couple times when I've gotten a show like that and I'm like, forget it. Uh, I won't. I won't watch this episode. I'm not going to go and and sit and you know through these horrible, uh, yeah. you know, ad breaks and stuff and watch this. It's just uh, yeah. They can't yeah. stop you from muting the TV at least. Yeah. They can't. yeah or you, you, well, you rediscover the you know things you forgot about, like bathroom breaks during <laughs> during commercials, right? Yeah. I mean, that was like so for ten years that didn't exist. You know, they got got first the first TiVo and then it was like, oh, you, you just forgot what that was like. And then all of a sudden now we have these unskippable ads in various locations. And you're like, oh I have I know I have two and a half minutes to kill right here. What should yeah. I do? Yeah. You know, get a beverage, a uh, bathroom break, uh, check the mail. You know, yeah. there's all these things you used to and I was like, I used to do these during commercial breaks 
in a, you know, before all yeah. this. Yeah, it was absolutely. Yesterday, I, was, it was, I kind of like remembered the lost art of like trying to pee before the, the uh, commercial <laughs> break is over. And it was just like, oh, I haven't had to do this in so long since I got a replay TV. Nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And but the worst, I mean, not the worst, but just like an, an insult to injury thing was I, I, I waited through the ads and then, you know, it was in the middle of the show. And then it was just like, ladies and gentlemen, the band Childish Gambino. And I'm just like, I, I don't care. You know, skip, skip, skip. Oh, wait, it's another ad break. And I literally watched two seconds of the show and then I had to, you know, sit through another ad break. So anyway, yep. I, I'm still, I, I still like, uh, YouTube TV, but that's that's that is my big downside. That's the that's the thumbs down feature right now for me is uh, the, the ads. Well, Hulu has the has the option. You you pay. There's one fee for with commercials, mm-hmm. and there's a slight. It is just a slightly higher fee. It's a few bucks a month more for no commercials. Yeah. So it's a no brainer to me. It's like I'll just pay this a few bucks a month more, um, just to avoid that. <laughs> Here, cool. here. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for letting me uh, letting take us off in a crazy direction. You but. bet. Because, you know, that's <laughs> where we get the interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what else we got? Well, we got an, an update because we talked, uh, when was it? It wasn't last week. It was like a couple. No, episode 21. 21? What episode is this? Where am I? We're 23. This is 23. <laughs> so it was two weeks ago. We talked about six companies warned by the FCC about illegal warranty exclusions. And saying, you know, if you if you break this seal, your warranty is void, things or, like that. Or. Well, The Verge found out <laughs> that was my seal noise. That was yeah. that was hilarious. Oh, yeah. Break. Well, let's break that seal. <laughs> Sorry. So The Verge found out what the six companies were. Hmm. And that's Microsoft, Nintendo, Sony, HTC, Hyundai and Asus. Hmm. And they note that all but Hyundai still include the language quoted by the FCC in the warranty information on their websites. So only one of them, at least by the time they wrote this article, have actually changed their wording. Yeah. These are big companies and th- and the gears move slowly. I yeah. got to say, even if, even if they're just like, you know what, fine, we're going to follow the rules. I mean, just you got to, They've got lawyers and they've got website designers and these things move slowly. I kind of give them the benefit of the doubt on that. Yeah, but, but on the other hand, they were illegal in the first place. So. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, don't you think they're going to push back a little bit on the whole, you know, uh, you know, seal, you know, break the seal tamper or? type of thing? <laughs> well, they might try, but um, part of this is to keep you from from servicing your own devices and that is apparently illegal to keep you from doing it. I mean, if you break something in there, you know, you're on your own. But if you don't do anything wrong and you don't cause damage, they can't keep you from doing it legally. Yeah. And it's, yeah, there's a lot of confusion. I, I remember for, I don't know if you could still open up the back of an iMac to put memory in. I haven't touched a, one of the newer iMacs for a while. I've got MacBooks and Mac Pro and all that. But for longest time, there was like this a, a super easy way to install a new memory in an iMac. And but I'd run into people that were like, "Oh, you know, I want I install memory, but you know, you have to take it to a shop or something." I was like, "No, no, you just there's this little part of the there's a trap door up. right there." And they're like, "Well, doesn't that break the warranty?" And I'd be like, "No, let me let me show you the." 
official Apple web page. <laughs> there was an official web page, how to install new memory in your iMac. And it was like, here it is. It's at the Apple website. It shows you step-by-step how to do it. If it broke the warranty, why would they give you a step-by-step how to upgrade? It's a trap. <laughs> they don't have to service your warranty anymore. <laughs> it's just a way to... <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I think, I don't know, maybe that's the difference. Maybe there's some companies that allow you to do something and then there's other companies that say, look, you can't open it at all. It's interesting, Hyundai's in there. I mean, are they saying that with their cars or is it other equipment? Because they produce- Yeah, Hyundai's one of those companies that does everything from cars to motorcycles to computer things. So yeah. Yeah. They probably have like oil wells, wells and probably tanker ships and who knows yeah. what they do. Yeah, but and I, I, don't, I don't know what products they were talking about. Yeah. I mean, the other ones, Nintendo and Sony, you know, definitely all electronic stuff and Asus, electronics, computers. Microsoft probably with the Surface tablets. Well, I'm thinking the Xbox. Oh, that too, yeah. The, probably the big one, which then if you look at it, the first three are the big game consoles. Microsoft, Nintendo, Sony yeah. are the big traditional game consoles right there. And HTC um, is a phone maker. Yeah. And Asus is a tablet maker, and I, I think phones too. I think HTC makes other electronics also. Probably. Yeah. I, I know if you, when you travel, you see bizarre things like you'll see in Japan, company names that you just don't associate in a whole, in a whole different industry. Um, you know, it's like, oh, I thought they just made electronics and here they have like lawnmowers. And, hey, well, have you tried the new Volvo phone? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> right. Yeah. You never know what you're going to find. So cool. So, uh, oh, Kevin, what's this story here about uh, the Mounties? So, so yeah, I'm yeah. not sure. It, I think you guys might have talked about this when on, on an episode where when I wasn't here about the uh, the Canadian police were were giving computer hacking charges against a 19 year old who was downloading information available from public uh, records website. <laughs> did, did you guys talk about this? Uh, it doesn't sound familiar, but right. it sounds pretty outrageous. Right. So, yeah. So uh, basically uh, th- this kid found that, you know, there was some Canadian public records website and it was, the information was something like, you know, uh, Canada.gov slash, you know, info question mark article equals one, two, three. Right. And then it would give an article and then, um, some another page on the site would be article equals one two five, and you would get a different article. So he wrote a little script to iterate from one to a million and just download it all, right? But it turns out some of that stuff was supposed to be private information that was not <laughs> it was not supposed to be public. But they thought that since it wasn't linked, it would it would uh, it would re- remain private. And, Guess what? Yeah, right. So this kid writes writes this little script and he downloads information, some of which is public and some of which is not supposed to be public. And then he is hit with computer hacking charges for accessing. Uh, and he was arrested. And he was arrested for it. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I mean, I thought it was just ridiculous, and it's just it's a script that any one of us could have easily written, and many of our listeners. And it's it's not a big deal. It's 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 really kind of clever and and you know intuitive, really. Anyway, so uh, Halifax Regional Police has concluded its investigation into the data breach that was uh, 
uh, reported uh, in April. And uh, after a thorough investigation, the police have determined there are no grounds to lay charges in the matter. This was a high-profile case that potentially impacted many Nova Scotians, said Superintendent Jim Perrin. And uh, as the investigation evolved, we have determined that the 19-year-old who was arrested did not have intent to commit a criminal offense by accessing the information. You know, if you don't want it accessed, don't put it on an open website. That's true. Duh. Duh. I mean, it's like, if so if I went to the, uh, well, I guess if I went to the park and I stuck like a, a bag of chip, you know, like a table and I put a bunch of bags of potato chips <laughs> on it and I left it there. And you walked away, went hiking. Walked away and just watched it and then just arrested everybody that took one. <laughs> right. You know, it's like you're stealing. Um, I mean, I well, guess actually, that technically probably would be stealing, well, and that's nowhere near as um, as innocent <laughs> as downloading pages on an open website. I, I think the difference is is that if I put a, a table with potato chips on it in a park where there's commonly events and food and things, and people just took the potato chips, as opposed to say leaving my bike unlocked in the same spot. And somebody came and took it. I think it's clear, like somebody taking the bike is stealing, but somebody going and saying, "Oh, somebody put out free potato chips." Is well, actually, I think this is more outrageous. This is like having the picnic table yeah. with a bunch of bags of potato chips and a big sign saying "free potato chips." Yeah. Except you start slapping hands. Not that bag. Not the barbecue ones, except you can't yeah. tell them that. Yeah, those yeah. are my favorite. You can't have those. Wrong ones. You can only take certain ones. Officer, arrest this man. Yeah. And you didn't have something in there to block people from taking that. That's what this is like. Yeah. Now I'm hungry for potato chips. Guys. Yeah. Ugh. All right. <laughs> yeah, I got this short. I got to eat. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, interesting stuff. Yeah, I guess I could talk about this just uh, briefly. This was a story from last week that we never got around to. Um, so you guys know what Shazam is? Is that the music app? Yeah. Yeah, so they were. It yeah. was pretty cool when it first came out because it was an app that you had on your phone, and you and you told it to listen, and it would listen to whatever song was playing. Like that was just and out. tell you what it is, and tell you what it is. And and when it first came out, it was like everybody thought this is so cool. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty amazing, and yeah. and it's still out there, and it's still you know has millions of users and things like that. And it also has imitators. It's important, you know. There are other apps out there that do the same thing. And some apps that have it built in as like a you know way to figure out what a song is so you could buy it and that kind of thing. Well, uh, Apple bought Shazam or is in the process of buying Shazam. They they acquired it, um, and that's all fine and good. Except the EU is saying uh, I don't know about that. That might be like a monopoly antitrust thing. <laughs> and and here's so you say well wait there are other apps that do this now so how is that antitrust well the idea is that what Shazam does is um, they get uh, you you listen to a song you hear a song and say you're at a club or something you hear it, it you use Shazam it tells you who the artist and the song is and then Shazam in the past made money because it says oh you could go buy that song if you like it um, and now it'll say things like you could get that song at Spotify or at Apple Music. So the idea is if Apple buys this, chances are they're not going to go and say you can get the song at Spotify. They're almost certainly going to change it so that your only option is to get it at Apple Music. I mean, you would think that's, I mean, that's the, if they own it, why are they going to send people to the competition? And the EU is saying that Sam is too popular 
and it'll by Apple buying it, there's going to be too many people that will then be recommended Apple Music over Spotify. Huh. Um, and I think it's interesting because antitrust and monopoly stuff used to be like, you know, the steel industry or like oil wells. Right. You know, it used to be like, oh, you can't own ninety percent of U.S. steel <laughs> or TV stations. Right. Yeah. yeah, or, yeah. or no, like, it's like the the the, the too popular music listening app. Yeah, it's music. It's it's like, oh, I don't know what the, do you know who made the song? I don't know who the song is from. Let me use this app to figure that out. That's really like at the level of like, oh, if one company owns this, oh boy, this is just going to really the economy is going to be tilted in their favor. Yeah. I don't know. I find Shazam is interesting. I the the app that the, the websites that I have used that I I think are amazing though are the the ones that allow you they use your microphone and they allow you to just hum a song and it figures out what song you're thinking of. Oh, yeah. Which is pretty amazing if you're just like oh what is that song it goes da 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 you can just like sing it and it goes oh yeah it's Beethoven's fifth or whatever. Uh, and uh, the the one I was trying to find the link the, the one that that I think I have used before is called Medomi uh, medomi.com um, oh. And it's it's kind of, looks like it's kind of an older site. It requires Flash, and and I can't recommend it anymore because ugh, Flash. But uh, yeah, I, I think from a technology perspective, that's pretty darn cool that you can just sort of sing at it. <laughs> probably, a, probably at the wrong tempo. Probably it, at the wrong. It's tempo. pretty amazing that they can do that. And I just thought yeah. Shazam was pretty amazing when it first came out. Talk about an amazing and detailed database and a great algorithm. And I got Shazam when it first came out, and then I had another one. And I eventually dropped them off my phone because, you know, I have an Android phone. I can just open Google and say, hey, Google, what is this? Mm-hmm. And it will listen and tell me. So it's, it's mm-hmm. built in to well, the Google app. Yeah, it's built. And Shazam has been built into Siri for a while now, So, um, which is, you know, precursor to Apple buying Shazam. I'm sure that was, you know, somehow part of the whole roadmap to getting there. But yeah, so you don't you don't have to have the Shazam app anymore. You could just have your iPhone and say, "Hey Siri, what song is this that's playing?" And yeah, and so same with Google apparently. So now, oh, see now Siri's talking to me. Yeah, quiet. That's <laughs> <laughs> those said those words. Um, yeah, I had a I had a my first real job was at a record store in the '80s. How fun! <laughs> and uh, the, the one of the managers there was could identify any song. I mean, people would come in and be like, there's a song and they would hum like two notes really badly. And he'd be like, that's, you know, th- this artist, this album, and here's the catalog number for it. And we have two in stock over there, third aisle, you know, second shelf or whatever. Uh, he was really amazing at that stuff. But now he's an app apparently. So They, they cloned him. That's pretty they, cool. They cloned nice. him or he patented his brain or something. It was Probably always Depeche Mode that people were asking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a little, it's more late 80s. I don't know. Was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. So usually the smithereens or something like that. Yeah. When I uh, posted my book review that I talked about at the top of the show on the review, I said, available here on Amazon and in any bookstore if there's still one anywhere near you. Yeah, there's still <laughs> one exists. Yeah. yeah it's kind of sad, but. You know, things change, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, sure do. Uh, I say that as a former bookstore owner. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Uh, Well. So bookstores, record stores, 
pretty hard to find anymore. Yeah, and, although record uh, stores, I, I think record stores have hit this this bottom where they're the stores that are left are seem to be sticking around. You know, the the ones. It's probably true in bookstores too. Yeah, I think it's getting there. I think the problem is there's still the big, there's still one big chain. You know, there's still Barnes and Noble out there, whereas the record stores don't have that. You know, they hit the the bottom where it's just the indie stores out now and uh, nothing else. And those stores seem to seem to be able to keep it going. You know, enough people, there's enough people as, as a hobby, you know, collecting records. I think there's enough demand that any big city is always going to have a few. Cool. So speaking of things like that, what, what, what do we got as we get to the end of the show here? What do we got moving forward? What are you guys doing this week? I'm excited that I'm about to to launch a a, a website that I've been working on with with you, Gary. Um, oh, print, yeah. Printpuzzles.net is uh, ready to to go. I mean, it's, it's actually live and uh, launched. I just haven't linked to it yet from anywhere. But uh, uh, Printpuzzles.net uh, offers uh, more than 400 free printable nonogram and Sudoku puzzles that. Uh, Gary created with his software. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I basically took my my apps, um, used some of the intelligence in those apps, and uh, to create printables. So that was that was a fun project to work on. And and you, yeah, thanks for reminding me. I should probably link to them as well. <laughs> so um, so this is people who don't want to use apps. Maybe kids that yeah. want to do it on paper. Yes. Yeah, or just. So you can, yeah, you just, can go to the site, print something out to keep the kids occupied for a while. Yeah, adults are allowed to use them too. You know, really, if you want to, if you don't want to look at a screen all day and you want to do a puzzle on paper, it's it's a thing you can actually do. Uh, the neat what thing about concept. these puzzles is it doesn't buzz at you if you get something wrong. It leaves you to figure it out yourself. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. yeah, and one thing I always hate in games is when it's the clock is constantly ticking by. Also, know, there's trying no to pressure you. Well, this doesn't stop time. The clock will still. <laughs> yeah, but it's not but on the paper. It's not, not saying, on the paper. Yeah. Also, I'm not saying no... how fast can you do this puzzle? Yeah. Like, I don't you, care how fast download, I can do it. After you download and print these out, there are no ads. There's mm. no banners to accidentally click on, on these pieces of paper. No okay. malware. Mm, nope. Not at all. Yeah. And they're lightweight, thin, and the battery never runs out. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, so printpuzzles.net, please uh, check it out. Let me know uh, what you think. If you find any problems, I'm uh, certainly interested in hearing from our, our listeners. Um, there's kind of two flavors of ads. There's, uh, the, there's, you can download individual ones for free. Uh, like I said, there's more than 400. Or you said ads, want, actually. It's puzzles. Uh, puzzles, sorry. Uh, you, can download, you can download the ads. Uh, <coughs> yeah, da- download, uh, you can download uh, 400 puzzles individually or if you want to download a bunch of them you can uh, throw $10 my way and then you get a packet of I think 400 or 500 puzzles of, of yeah. you, can, you, know, you mean you like get them all yes actually technically they're different puzzles um, but yeah. yes you can get just more puzzles than you could do in a oh in more a, puzzles that's even better yeah so yeah. you can it's kind of like you've got 400 trials right and if you want more 10 bucks and you get like right. a whole bunch yeah. more. And I think it was just easier for Gary to create a packet of 500 new puzzles than to regenerate the ones he already made. So. That and I didn't think of it. Yeah, but yeah. 
<laughs> I didn't think about it, making them the same puzzles. But yeah, um, yeah, it's uh, random, randomly created, which, but using an algorithm that tries to make good puzzles is basically how it works out. But I guess if it, you know, if teachers, you know, decide like they want to do, give out Sudoku's as like into the day classroom, extra credit or fun or whatever, having a, a PDF that just got tons of a minute would be handy. Right. And they could just print out a couple, you know, a bunch of page fives, you know, and then hand them out to the class. Who could ever finish this first gets the, whatever, gets to clean the erasers. Which <laughs> <laughs> hasn't anymore. been done in 20 years. I don't years. think that's a thing. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I think that's good con. They get, get to press the clear screen button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, nice. So anyway, that's, that's me. What do you guys uh, have planned for the week? Well, if I'm not here next week, that means I'm backpacking my first trip of the year. Um, Where are you headed? And well, I, I, I'm thinking of going to Canyonlands um, and it's a national park in Utah. Uh, the interesting thing is the technology. I, I love uh, backpacking technology. And the last time, I, if I do this hike next week, the last time I did this hike on this route would have been in 1994. And it's amazing to think that I did it with a map on a piece of paper <laughs> and an actual compass <laughs> and went on this hike. And, you know, of course, it, the tra- you're following a trail, so it's not that difficult to, uh, to figure out. But, uh, you know, just hiked, and I didn't really know where I was except if there was a landmark nearby, and um, that's all I had to guide me. Today... The stuff I use is pretty incredible. I think somewhere around like 97, 98 or something, I, I got a GPS device, which cost me like $500 and it was like a brick, you know, in my hand, weighed like a brick in my hand. And it showed like, it had an LCD screen that was probably like 60 dots across and 40 dots vertically. I think I had that same unit. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And yeah. it would like, it would show, and it wouldn't even show you a map. It would just, you would pinpoint your location and then give you like, numbers of like your longitude latitude and you could like look on the map to figure out where things were and so you know gradually up from there now with my iphone it's incredible it's uh i use an app called um, topo maps plus and um it's a fairly expensive app it's actually free but then you pay for a subscription to download all these maps and get features and it's amazing it 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 uses the gps to plot you on a real map, like the same one you would have if you had the most expensive topographic map you could buy, and shows you where you are. It has the trail already on the map, and uh, other like markings of trails that other people have marked. You know, as they've gone through, you can see where you are. You can see your altitude. You can see how far you have to go. Um, you can mark things like little things, like oh, found you know water in a stream here. This is a good spot for you know, camping or lunch or whatever. And, and then it will even take your pictures and map them on there. So if I take a picture with my, my phone, it actually will show it on the map. So I can, you could kind of reference it later. And, and it's great. And a lot of people don't even think about using their phones for this. Um, one of the things is people are saying, well, battery life, you know, I, I use my map to drive around in the car and it drains like, 20% of my battery life just going somewhere for a short distance. But when you turn on airplane mode, so you're turning off Wi-Fi um, and you're turning off the cell towers, you're not connecting cell towers because there aren't any where I'm going. Usually usually when I go backpacking, there's no connectivity or off the grid. 
the GPS chip is still working there, and it's really low power. And I've hiked for all like all day. We're talking like twelve hours of walking, and run my iPhone battery down only to fifty percent, and it's keeping track of every step I take on the on the map, uh, which is pretty incredible. Um, and it's just a great this great technology tool. It makes the backpacking trips more enjoyable for me. Uh, just see where I am. If there's different things I want to look for on the trip, like caves, for instance, or you know, little landmarks, or somebody marks like where a waterhole is, where you can get some fresh water from. Um, I could find them. Whereas on a, on a regular map, it's really hard to find that stuff if you're if you're actually out there. Um, and it's uh, it, it's great, and I, I look forward to using that stuff. I've used the same app, and you know, this type of technology when hiking all throughout Colorado. And I used it while hiking all through New Zealand as well. Um, and uh, I'm excited to, uh, to get a chance to do that technology and, and use it and then get this really cool map when I'm done of exactly my, my route and, and everything. So, cool. So if I'm here next week, that means I'm not on that trip. <laughs> oh, well, that'd be a bummer. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's, it's tough to plan. Tough to plan sometimes. These backpacking trips, they take you completely away from everything um that's the point though right yeah it's the point but it's you know you have people that depend on you and you've got a business to run and and then you've got unexpected things that come up and sometimes just saying well i'm gonna plan this out three months in advance and just hope that that week ends up being a good week is is tough but i plan enough of them every year um particularly living in colorado where i'm surrounded by hiking trails that i could do this kind of thing uh, I plan enough that as long as I go on, you know, two thirds of them, I get plenty of uh, backpacking in. Um, so, so yeah, so looking forward to that. Well, what I want to know is, yeah, did you upgrade to iBackpack Ten? What's that? I'm sure it's an Apple product. iBackpack Ten. <laughs> Randy's trying to be oh, funny. Oh, you're trying to be funny. Oh, I get you. Actually, yeah, I do. No, I upgrade my equipment. I've got a great uh, backpack I upgraded to because, you know, weight and everything. I upgraded my water filter for this trip. So always upgrading these little these little products. Even my um, the battery I bring with, you know, external battery so I can charge up every night. Uh, they're getting lighter and more reliable. So I've upgraded that. So... I'd be interested to hear what you you uh, switch to. I, I have a, a one that I, I just use for travel, and uh, yeah. it's it's a little br- we call it the brick. It's a good sized, heavy little brick that really well, it just charges forever. Um, but yeah, it's it's not light. Yeah, I actually so I we went I I swore by one brand for like two years, and that and they swear at it, and <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, then they all failed on me. And so I switched to the RAV Power brand, R-E-V Power. Okay. And we, we had a big, we still have a big brick that we can use. And um, we, uh, that's great, except it's just too heavy for this trip. But it ha- that thing has been going on, going for more than two years. So I got the same brand, but like half the size. So it's half the power, which is fine for, for a trip like this. I know how much power I'm going to need. Um, yeah, they're very unreliable the small ones particularly the ones that are really small those things just don't seem to they'll maybe charge your phone up like 25 percent one time and then 
after that, they don't seem to work very well at all. Well, I think part of it is phone batteries have gotten bigger as the phones need more power. Yeah. As you probably know, my wife is walking the Camino right now. And uh, one of the things I, you know, she was trying to shed weight in her backpack and get it down, get it down, get it down. I finally said, you know what you really need? You need to take one of these battery backups. Mm -hmm. And she did. And she's really, really glad she did. So, and I, I think it's enough to charge your phone entirely once or twice before that she needs to plug in and charge it back up. Well, uh, I think we're about an hour. So why don't we uh, wrap it up? Wrap it up. So, yep. Cool. All right. Well, the show notes for this week are at tehpodcast.com slash teh23. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at the TEH Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again here next Tuesday. Bye. Bye.